0: Hey y'all, thanks for checking out today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast uh, with Mr. Jake Crane of the J-Boy Show. So go check out uh, the J-Boy Show on YouTube, follow him on Twitter and all that good stuff. Um, we hit on everything SEC on this uh, edition of the podcast, um, talking uh, Brian Harson at Auburn, talking Tennessee, a lot of Tennessee optimism on, on this podcast, which is something... That we very much like and we very much support here on the Chase Thomas podcast. So uh, all that and more on this episode of the podcast. Uh, If you like today's episode, make sure you go ahead and give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It matters a great deal. and helps other people find the show. Also, we're on YouTube. So you can also watch this episode on YouTube. So just go to the Chase Thomas podcast and you'll find uh, it there. So make sure to like and subscribe um to uh, the chase thomas podcast there uh, chase thomas podcast.com every episode on the website so also check that out follow me on twitter at chase double underscore thomas and like the facebook page at facebook.com slash chase thomas writer lastly you can always email me any sports stuff college football stuff sec stuff anything like that chase thomas podcast at gmail.com all right let's go chase thomas Podcast. the chase thomas podcast um, <laughs> my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right chase thomas podcast we are back where i'm now joined by someone who used to be like it, what i'm not used to what i'm looking at right now jake because what i used to see you on how i first discovered you was just like this plethora of plethora of helmets of college football yes. helmets all scattered behind you it's discombobulating not seeing you without you've got the backwards hat so that is uh-huh. that that's important we got that so i know i'm talking to the right jay boy but <laughs> uh not having um the helmets behind you it's it, like i said it's discombobulating it's a it's a new era
1: yeah, man. You know, uh, we we got a big announcement to make. Uh, we were at the College Football Hall of Fame uh, on the volume with, on the volume, excuse me, with Colin Cowherd, and uh, making a move uh, to an even bigger platform that we should announce soon, and uh, getting the live show back. Shout out to the Booster Club, but uh, yeah, just uh, grinding it out and, and ready to get it going.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm excited to hear what that's going to be uh, when that does come out. But Jake, I wanted to uh, hit some SEC stuff with you uh, yeah. this evening because. Uh, the team that you are quite familiar with, uh, the Auburn Tigers, they have they decided to go full Tennessee this offseason. And as a Tennessee graduate student, as someone who is in the Knoxville area um, and is very familiar with the the Tennessee coaching uh, carousel and all that it can entail from a rabid fan base and a rabid uh, booster base. um. Where are you at right now, now that it is confirmed that Brian Harson will be back uh, roaming the sidelines for at least one more year for Auburn?
1: Really, you know, things go on behind the scenes, you know, whether it's inquiries, whether it's investigations, whether it's trying to find stuff out. But it really kind of reminds me of Edward Norton from Fight Club. I mean, Auburn basically just sat there and beat the hell out of themselves in the public eye for no reason. Uh, mm-hmm. you know it, regardless of what side of the fence you're on, if you wanted to keep Brian Harson, if you wanted to move on from Brian Harson, the optics of this was horrible. uh the, the way it played out was horrible. It, it was embarrassing, and you do all that just to keep him. I mean, now uh you, you talk about giving up leverage, you know, any <laughs> leverage that you would have had because it's gonna go one or two ways. either one, he's not gonna succeed and they're gonna fire him, and it's still gonna be a mess, or he's gonna do really, really well. And now you're at the behest of him. And if I'm Brian Harson, you know, what trust do I have left in the people that are that are, you know, the Geppettos of the situation that are pulling the strings? Uh, Do I really trust them? Do do I really think that they have my best interest? So uh, basically the money, the money people at Auburn put Auburn in a bad spot. I mean, I'm not a politician, never have been one, but I do understand leverage. Uh, Leverage isn't just what you use to lift something stronger than what you can normally lift. Uh, but it put Auburn in, in a in a bad situation. It put Brian Harson in a bad situation. And you did all this for nothing. Uh, it's like I said earlier on the show. Uh, you know, you ought to change the mascot from the Tigers to the masochists. Because I don't understand why why you would do that to yourself.
0: It's also just that, like, I the ESPN report is something that I just keep going back to from a couple days ago. I don't know if you saw it with Rittenberg and everybody. Yeah. Uh, I think Thamel was on it where uh, Harson just did little things where I read it and I was like, oh, this is not this is not a marriage. It's going to work like him skipping the Bo Jackson charity golf game, him skipping uh, the coaches uh, summit in Macon. So Hypel's there, Beamer's there, Norvell, Kirby. It's like, Oh no, 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 no. You can maybe do that years down the line. You've won a lot, but yeah. to not ingratiate yourself with little things like that, where it's just kind of surprising to me. And also it's just, I mean, you've talked about this and everyone who covers the sport, um, we all know it all comes down to recruiting. Like I see yeah. that with Hypol, it's like the offense is great. Like it's fun. We're coming out with number three um, in the early S and P projections for 2022. But like if this kind of class continues at Auburn, it doesn't matter what all the other stuff is. It doesn't yeah. matter anything else, right? Like this is the main thing is what is he doing to remedy that situation? That's what you want to know if you're an Auburn fan.
1: Yeah, well, I always say it's the three pillars. i did it for nine mm-hmm. years, six of the Division I level. It's about recruiting, development, and culture. Uh, and you can't have development if you don't have guys that are good enough to develop or guys that can come in there and do things early. And then your culture is built with guys that you recruited that are talented that do it the right way. Uh, you, you can't put those other two if you don't have the first one. It's like play calling. I know a lot of average play callers that look like, you know, the Wizard of Oz and, and you know, Matt Damon uh, from Goodwill Hunting – uh, because they have great players there's a lot of great play callers that look average cuz they have average players without the players it doesn't matter as a coach you're not throwing a pass you're not running the ball you're not making a tackle and he's got to understand it's the jungle out here like this mm-hmm. it, it's a fist fight this isn't boise uh you have to do the little things and it has to be you the best head coaches are the ones that are the that that go in there and, and do the things in recruiting that understand the importance of not only appearance, but winning the appearance. I mean, Nick Saban's the greatest college football coach at all time. He still does the little things in recruiting that you have to do to be able to stay there. Kirby smart. How do you think Georgia got where they are? It wasn't, he didn't, you know, uh, meet Morpheus somewhere and take a red pill. and Then all of a sudden it worked. You have to go do those things. You're not too big for those things. And Brian Harson. You know, while while he has a lot of good qualities, and going through this is is you know increases popularity. If he doesn't win, all that's out the window. And the way they finished last year, the recruiting class they have—I mean, they haven't met their needs on the offensive line. Uh, you know, I, I don't lend as much credence as everybody else does to the portal of guys leaving because you do have to trim the fat a little bit, and, and every circumstance is different. But if you're not down there, it, you know, if you're not shovel ready, as they say, you're going to find yourself. Uh, on the way out the door and not because of cause the the cause is because you lost. So, um, I think he's got to change that. He's got to fix that. Uh, and he's got to bring some stability back. Auburn hasn't had stability. These other schools that are having success in what is an unstable college football world, they're the programs that are showing the most stability and, and Auburn hasn't had that.
0: What does your gut tell you? Do you think he ultimately figures it out and that this is a marriage that lasts for several more years? Or do you think this is just, uh, another one-year blip?
1: You know, I, I I always, even with the transfer portal, because you can flip a program, like I say, faster now than they can flip a house on HGTV with those two twin brothers. But, mm-hmm. you know, if he doesn't start understanding, and, and it's not that, you know, I'm big and bad and, and I'm not afraid of anybody, you know, whatever. If he doesn't start understanding the parts of recruiting that he has to understand, I don't see it lasting. But right now, you know, you, you can't judge a guy for one year on the field. Uh, it's, it's not fair in the SEC, especially the SEC West, and at the high, highest level of college football in general. So, you know, I think it's too early to make a call. I don't think it's fair to judge him on a 2022 class because recruiting is all about relationships. Now, the transfer portal uh, with getting offensive linemen in, that's a different thing. And, and if they don't fix that, none of this is going to matter. So if he doesn't fix the offensive line, he won't be at Auburn for, for more than two years if he does. Uh, th- then I think he will. I, th- I still think it's a little too early to call. You know, I don't want to call the race. Uh, you know, before all the votes are counted, per se. Uh,
0: what was your favorite SEC coaching hire this this cycle?
1: Man, you know, I I like Billy at Florida. You know, I know okay. a, lot, a lot of Tennessee fans aren't going to like that. I, I think Billy is exactly what Florida needs. He's a guy that's going to hold guys accountable. He's a disciplinarian, but he's also cool. You know, in the coaching community, we call him Chill Bill. I mean, he's the guy that. <laughs> Uh, can go in there and recruit anybody from any place. He understands, you know, being genuine, not being fake, but it's not soft. It's not, you know, we're going to let them get away with whatever they want to get as long as we're friends. That's not how it operates. That's not how good coaches operate. You can be balanced. I think Billy is really balanced. I think he's going to do it his way, but understand what he has to do in Gainesville, not only with the fan base uh, but with the players in the locker room. So, so I thought Billy was really underrated. Hire even though outside of the SEC, I mean, M- Miami getting Mario Cristobal, the, the state of Florida is up for grabs right now. And I, I'm not talking about Bush a score. Well,
0: it's also just that like Clemson's like a huge wild card here too, right? Like with, I mean, the season they just had and um, recruiting slipping a little bit, like they've dominated that state and just seeing like if they start to fall off a little bit, that opens up a lot of doors for teams, like you said, in the state of Florida who have just gotten pillaged. And if you do like the full biopsy on why Florida state is not what they are uh, anymore. It's just because of who went to their territory and the expansion yeah. of their territory. Like there was just, uh, it, it just changed a lot for them. I, uh, I don't know the Florida thing with Tennessee, we would just prefer to play them later in the year. Like if we yeah. played Florida, this Florida team yeah. in November this past year, I think we drubbed them. Yeah. We just play them early. And for whatever reason, it's just, a, I, I hate playing Florida early. If we could get Florida in November on the calendar every year, I'm fine with it. Let's bring it. But for don't whatever reason, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's almost
1: like Georgia and Auburn playing a little bit earlier this year. You, you'd rather yes. get some guys early than have to go through the gauntlet late. Uh, I still think Tennessee is, is really ahead of Florida, especially from a roster personnel standpoint. And Josh has them, them believing Josh had, don't has say this finding. to me.
0: Don't give me hope until we uh, well, beat look, them. Don't do this to gonna, me. You
1: know, I, I'm not saying they're going to win the East, but I, I believe Tennessee is going to put themselves in a relevant situation because they have an identity. Uh, they're not mm-hmm. scrambling. That you know, it's like that show with Mandy Moore. This is us. Like at least you mm-hmm. know who you are. Now I don't watch that show, but <laughs> uh, at least you know who you are. I think I think Tennessee knows who they are, uh, and I'm excited to see how Josh does there because Josh is a really good guy. Uh, he's a really good coach, and I like the staff he's put around. Him.
0: I just wonder with the East, and I want to get your perspective on this because the East is. Growing, I mean, the SEC as a whole is obviously uh, extremely competitive, hyper-competitive, but there's a lot of talk about the West. But when I look at the East right now, I don't know. It's just funny when teams or fan bases get super excited about like a Spencer Rattler. And South Carolina fans, they've won the month of February. They're all excited. And then you see the S&P Plus. They're 49th. And you see what we saw from Spencer Rattler this past year and what we saw of him coming out of high school and that kind of stuff. And like, it's not a slam dunk. Um, you got to move past yeah. the recruiting rankings. And eventually, you are what you are. Eventually, you might just be a Tate Martell. And that is something that... South Carolina fans are not ready to hear because it's like a five star. It's a big get. And Shane Beamer is like the most likable coach in the conference, which is super cool. That's all great. But where are the wins coming from? So when I hear that like uh, Barton Simmons is the CEO or whatever at Vanderbilt, and I'm like, cool, (laughs) Clark Lee is building a two and three star army. Great. Where are the wins coming? Where are the wins coming? Because Tennessee, like you said, they have an identity. You're going to have to score 40. Like if you're not Georgia to beat Tennessee for the foreseeable future. Um, Georgia's not going anywhere. You like the Napier higher. Um, Kentucky has built this consistent yeah. juggernaut. Where is South Carolina moving up? Where are the wins coming? When you look at it, it's like this is a five and seven team, six and six team next year. If you look at the schedule. And I I feel like that with Mizzou too. So when people get excited about these lower end schools moving up because their coaches are like, well, and they have an uptick in recruiting. I'm like, that's all great. Where are the wins coming? Where are show me the wins?
1: No, look, when I look at South Carolina, sometimes, you know, when you're when you're and you know how it is with Tennessee, when you want hope and you haven't had hope, sometimes Mm. you embrace it and you you squeeze it and you love it. It, You know, it's like Chris Farley on Tommy Boy. It's like I pet it and I love it. (laughs) Hold it, uh, but hope mm-hmm. isn't a plan. But I will say this. Uh, I think Shane's going to end up doing a good job in South Carolina, but I don't think people realize the roster rebuild that he had, uh, that yeah. he inherited. And, you know, getting a guy like Spencer, you know, sometimes a fresh start for a guy, you know, was big. I think Spencer mentally... Uh, kind of the way he goes about things has to change. We know he has the talent. But look, this game's won and lost up front. Uh, I don't care if it's the NFL. I don't care if it's college football. I don't care if it's Friday night tights. Like, it it doesn't matter. The game is won and lost up front, and that's the race because there's a whole hell of a lot more good wide receivers out there than there are offensive tackles that can compete not only at a high level but early enough uh, to get you there. But I I, I always preach patience. If you're a South Carolina fan, you know, going 6-6, and This next year isn't the worst thing in the world. South Carolina is not going to be a team that goes and competes for the East every year. It's just not going to happen. You know, you kind of are who you are. Uh, Missouri, I think, would drink. I I do think... Um, eventually they're going to have a breakthrough season. Can he consistently do it? I don't know. I wasn't a huge fan of Connor Basilak. I mean, he's a guy that we had on the show a ton. Uh, But, you know, really with with what he brings, with what Drink wants to do, I think the jury's still out there. But I do think South Carolina fans can expect with with Shane Beamer uh, to be able to bring in guys that can compete and put themselves in a position to win not only the one-off or the two-off games, but have a chance as you get – you know, into November where, where the season's is not pretty much written on the wall. But again, and it, you can't look, that's the thing about playing in conference. Somebody has got to lose and you all play each other. So Uh, When you look at the schedule, uh, there's never a day off, but it's good for college football. It's good for the SEC when there isn't a weak division. And and I think, you know, Georgia being the head of the class, Florida really being the head of the class, uh, you know, since they went Thelma and Louise and and flew off a cliff this past year. uh, I do think you're going to see a a much more competitive East, which just makes the SEC that much harder.
0: Uh, the team that's most likely to win the East that's not named Georgia, and the team most likely to win the West that's not named Alabama next year. Who?
1: Um, I'm gonna go. I'll go West first. I'll say A and M. Okay to win that job, as uh, is, is crazy as that sounds. I think Haynes-Kings does some but it does some things. I, I didn't mean for that to rhyme like Dr. Seuss <laughs> over here. I don't know if he throws the ball well enough, and I think Max has enough dog in him uh, with the personnel they have around him, and I like what A&M brings back defensively, even though they lost Leal. A couple other guys, they've obviously recruited at a very high clip, not only this past year, but they've stacked good class on good class with offensive line and defensive line, and that's how you bridge the gap with Alabama there in the West. But Looking at the East, I mean, I don't know how you, I don't know how you wouldn't say Tennessee if it's not Georgia. I mean, Florida again, you're still going to be in transition regardless of how good Billy is. Vanderbilt doesn't matter. This isn't baseball or Quidditch. <laughs> um, you know, South Carolina, don't think they're there yet. Missouri, don't think they're there yet. Kentucky would be. Uh, another one with Levis coming back. I mean, uh, I think it's a fight between Tennessee and Kentucky, uh, but I think with, you know, Hendon coming back with what they do on offense, I still think Kentucky's going to have to find a way. Uh, you know, I love Wandell and, and what they have to get some more weapons around him to be able to do what they want to do more consistently. So I'll go Tennessee.
0: OK, I mean, you're you've got a lifelong spot on this podcast. This has just been glowing re- reviews from you on. <laughs> yeah, Tennessee. Well, I, I was not, expecting I'm not that.
1: Look, I was the first one, you know, uh, and and I still think you know, look, the offensive stuff's great, but you mm-hmm. have to be able I wonder once Hypel gets that defense where he wants it from a personnel standpoint, if he may take his foot off the gas every now and then to give those guys a breather in the games against Georgia and, and against these teams with the front sevens and and you know to, to cause it look going fast is great but you go out there and get three three and outs four three and outs in a row and that defense is out in the field for you know 45 50 snaps in the first half you're in trouble it's just the nature of the beast it's gravity like john mayer said
0: well it's also that um we do that on offense so the offensive line coach talks to Hypel about it where he's like hey we need to slow like at this point like he's reading the uh, offensive lineman and he's like no stop like he's in Hypel's ear like we have to stop because he knows his offensive lineman and i think um we'll have different offensive linemen uh like it's not the same bodies this yeah it, he doesn't want the same guys this is what no, jim cheney wanted
1: fast, especially with offensive linemen because it totally negates what you're trying to do because they're not exactly when right. in the 100 meter getting off the field especially when they're tired
0: no but i'm excited at the very least it's fun every tennessee game is a blast under hypo thus far so i'm here for it yeah um i'll end on this front who you've talked to so many different college football coaches in uh your career thus far who have you enjoyed talking with the most who do you who's the most fun to have a conversation with
1: mike leach it's not even close uh because really you know we talk about football for about two minutes and then Mm. it's something about pirates or the time that you know uh, the dog ran on the field he's just a hilarious person in general uh so i would have to say mike leach i'll tell you another hugh freeze is fun okay fun interview uh very honest very transparent but i got to give it to my my guy mike leach we love mike leach
0: so the state of mississippi they, they're they doing something right over yep. there with yep. these coaches i like it kiffin's probably up there too
1: kiffin was good i've had him on once i need to get mm-hmm. him on again i think he was kind of a little gassed uh, uh when we had him uh, on the first time so but i'll get him on again
0: there you go uh what can we look out for you you know you got that announcement yep. coming up but Jay boy how do they keep up with your work your show everything uh going forward?
1: Yeah, you know, to to quote Cam Murphy, we're breaking it down from a fundamental standpoint, not only college football, but basketball, uh, as well as we get toward March Madness. Tennessee, obviously doing well there, you know, to keep plugging Tennessee and the SEC. I appreciate that. A half ago would eventually be the best conference in college basketball. And it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, when they decide they want to do that. But you can find us at our our, uh, The J-Boy Show YouTube channel really easy to find. You'll see the win the water cooler mark uh, as as we transition to this new announcement. Also on Twitter at the J Boy Show. Uh, I appreciate you having me on, Chase. You do a really good job, buddy.
0: Thanks, man. I greatly appreciate it, and we'll have to check back in again soon. Dude, you let me know. I'm always down. All right, that's a wrap on this edition of the Chase Thomas Podcast. If you like listening to uh, Jake, uh, go give him a follow at J Boy Show and subscribe on his YouTube page uh also if you like listening to our conversation today please do make sure and go and leave this episode and this show a five-star rating on apple Podcasts, spotify or ever you get your podcast leave a review it helps more than you know uh, make sure to go check out uh, our youtube every episode on youtube right now youtube.com chase thomas podcast just search for us every episode so go ahead and like and subscribe there um also chase thomas podcast at gmail.com email the show at chase thomas podcast at gmail.com as well and make sure to go subscribe to the daily newsletter sports renaissance man again sports renaissance man dot com. uh new episode obviously following this one uh thank you as always and uh happy listening uncle derek how to do